after show and tell now, shall we? What up, what up, beautiful people of the world? I am Creator K, and welcome to episode 15 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-monthly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. If you've listened before, you've heard me say that 14 times already. That's just like the script that I wrote. But if you haven't listened before, if you're a new listener, what <laughs> what is good? Welcome to the show, and I'm glad you're here. And uh, if you want to know what the show's about, you, I just said it. So you can like rewind and listen to it again, because I'm not going to repeat it. It's the beauty of technology. So anyway, in this episode, I am joined by Travis George, founder, curator, and overall boss man at music label Sunday Sauce, or as I like to say sometimes, Sunday Sauce. Or as I also like to say sometimes, Sunday shosh. <laughs> if you know what that last one's from, the shosh, then uh, props to you. In part one of this episode, Travis and I talk about what it was like when he realized in school that baseball wasn't his future and music was. We also talk Sunday Sauce, how it was created, what he's trying to do with it, and how good it feels to be able to connect with people through the platform. Also, it would be very sinister of us to not share what some of our favorite ice cream flavors are, considering the name and the brand that Travis has created. So yeah, we did that. Stay tuned. In part two, Travis follows in the footsteps of recent guest Chuck Sutton by sharing a Polaroid of himself and dear friend Gabe Monroe and explaining the impact Gabe's had on his life. Gabe is the homie. We all have that homie out there who holds it down, provides us confidence, gives us advice, wisdom, can share with us in our dark times, in our bright times, show us the light, all that good stuff. And I'm rambling right now. So I think this is a sign that it's just time to get into the show. So with that said, it's time for Show and Tell. Welcome to episode 15 of the Show and Tell podcast. And joining me on this uh, episode 15, which is actually my lucky number, so I'm very honored to have you on, is music lover, content creator, and curator, Ice cream connoisseur, which may give it away if you didn't look at the title before clicking on this episode, which would be kind of weird. Uh, he's also got two first names, which is cool. <laughs> it's Travis George from Sunday Sauce. What up, <laughs> what's, Travis? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm a little hot. We got this little heat wave going. I'm sure it's the same in oh, New yeah. York. Oh, yeah, dude. I, was, I broke out the chubbies today. <laughs> hey, I love how it's like a, I don't know why I always go to the weather. Like it's the most... <laughs> like common small talk thing that I do when I have the show. I'm like, yeah, it's really hot outside. Yeah. Um, and hey, then when man. it's winter, I'll probably be like, yeah, it's really cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's uh, I mean, I've, my buddy, uh, Brandon, you guys might know him as bureaucratic. He's uh, very big in the dry humor and he's been on this heat wave grind like crazy. Like every day on his Instagram story, he's like, wow, another hot one today for the, for the New York boys. I'm like, all right, well, cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me a little, tell, tell us, not just me, because I know a little bit about you already, but tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, yeah, so I started this label, Sunday Sauce. I grew up on Long Island, and after college, I just like didn't really know what I wanted to do. Kind of just, uh, I actually played baseball. Like, I thought that was going to be my life. And uh, once I kind of started doing you know, doing it in college and playing sports and it got more, it became more like a job and I started to love music more and more and to like, not only like, you know, 
the music, not only the music itself, but connecting with other people through music. Because mm-hmm. as we all kind of know, being in like the SoundCloud world is definitely like it's an underground scene. So, um, you know, being able to like say, yo, like I just found this dude, like Mr. Carmack or something like that was like one of the first dudes I found. And just being like, yo, you got to check him out. And then, then someone else being like, yo, I already know him. Like he's so sick. And now it's all of a sudden like you have this new friend just because you listen to the same shit. Um, so it just kind of like started from me, you know, wanting to do something after college and wanting to do something interesting that, you know, wasn't the nine to five that I had been doing, uh, just like doing internships with like my dad and like this, you know, municipal municipality firm where I'm just like hating every day, like commuting to work and just like, I couldn't do it as like a 22, 23 year old kid. So yeah, just kind of started from that. And, uh, yeah, three years later, uh, I'm here now chatting with you. So, <laughs> Hey, yes, this is, the, I hope this is not the peak of, of your existence so far. I hope that there's much more to come and it's not oh, just being is. on the show. <laughs> oh, there is, there is. Don't worry. I'm, I'm very excited for so much that we have going on. So, yeah. So I didn't know that you played baseball that we're, yeah. we're in the same boat. Cause I played soccer in college for a year. I think Word. some people know that, but I also thought that that was going to be my life or maybe not mm-hmm. when I was in college. I think at that point I kind of realized I was like, well, I'm, if, if I'm not pro by now, cause with soccer, like a lot of, mm-hmm. if you're like 18, you're, and you're not already in an academy or a pro or whatever, you're not right. Gonna make it. So I kind of already had that, but I was, you know, just like a lot of kids, I think even when I was much younger, basketball player is what I wanted to be. But mm-hmm. so when you, when you kind of, um, realized that like baseball wasn't in, wasn't the realistic future for yourself, what, what was kind of going through your head? Did you kind of have like a feeling? I mean, this sounds kind of depressing because, but I'm only asking because I kind of had this, did you kind of have mm-hmm. a feeling of like purposelessness? Or like emptiness, yeah. like you kind of had a void to fill. Oh yeah, dude. I uh, the one thing I think sports in general kind of does for like us uh, emotionally was the big takeaway. Um, I felt like uh, just being able to do something that I worked hard at and cared about, and you know would wake up early for it, you know work out, and then would have to like you know in college I'd have to still go home and study, and you're exhausted. But like doing things that you didn't want to do to really kind of figure out who you were as a person. Um, and I think transferring, you know, once I lost, once I had stopped playing sports, I kind of, I had a moment, definitely like a few weeks where it was like weird, but I felt that I, it was the right time for me to move on to something else. And once I kind of figured out what that thing was and that, you know, it kind of fell into this like music scene and just wanting to be involved I felt like I had already been there before because I already figured out what it is I want to do and who in the kind of person that I wanted to be. Uh, you know, just like, you know, like I said, just being able to work hard and care about something. And, you know, this was the next thing that I really cared about as just like a hobby being connecting with people through music. Once I, it felt like I had already been there before though, cause I've already been through a lot trying to get recruited and stuff to, you know, go to college mm-hmm. and eventually, transferring that into music where it's like, I want to take this passion project and, you know, regardless if I want to make it a full-time career or not, I want to be good at it. And it was a very, you know, for me to come in and just like have that mindset was like super important. So uh, yeah, filling that void though came like very easy after. Cause yeah, like just something I cared, I cared about a lot. 
Right. You just, yeah. I mean, you, it seemed like there was a period of time where you had overlapping passions. So it was mm-hmm. a nice little like transition. Yeah. I think at the time, like uh, when I started realizing baseball was going to be not, you know, it's not going to be my future. And, the, and it kind of was starting to hit me more on like an emotional standpoint of like, I feel like I'm ready to let go. I was already kind of starting to do something in music. So like I was already starting to do like some radio shows and I was trying to um, you know, figure out how we want to, how we'd want to release music and stuff. And like, just like, and it's also someone who like, wasn't really had no background in music. I was just like, let me just throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. And, um, yeah, but I'd already been kind of doing it. So like there was, it was only a small gap of like, all right, time to move on into this new part of my life. Right. I feel like there was, I've met a a lot of I, I almost said kids, but I don't, I still think I'm a kid, even though I'm 25, I still like think I'm a kid, but like same. plenty of people who I were, were teammates of mine or just, you know, went to the same college and played different sports. And when they ultimately came to that realization that that was that period of time was over for them, mm-hmm. that I feel like some people just didn't cope well with that. Cause they didn't really have, they were so focused on that one thing. Right. And obviously, you know, maybe if you're playing division one and you know, there's like a lot of hype around you, there's the potential of going pro. But like, if you think about it, if you're at like a D three school, mm-hmm. you're likely, your career is likely going to end mm-hmm. there at the very least you, you might be like semi pro and you're not going to make a lot of money. But I feel like a lot of people missed that opportunity while they were, they were so focused on like that one thing where they weren't right. like, once it was done, they're like, shit, I don't know yeah. what I'm good at, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's like also, uh, I think that's something that I, that would might be like the biggest takeaway I've had in, you know, comparing music and sports was like learning that like you are not, you know, I am not Sunday sauce. Uh, it is a project that I love and I love to work at and I love to do, but it is not who I am. And it's the same with baseball, like in playing sports, like, you know, you might, you know, love playing soccer and you want to work at it every day and you want to make it to, you know, the farthest you can in your career, whether it's like at the end of high school or it's a professional thing, like you want to just work at it and be good as best as you can. And, but it doesn't define who you are. And when you let that, when you let it define you, I think it starts to become like a very unhealthy uh, thing to put yourself through mentally because you start you start getting the sense of my successes in baseball or you know in music are indicative of my self-worth and when it becomes to that point you are in a downward spiral from there like it's I've, and it's i've been in that boat and i think a lot of us especially in music who have to like you know be their own bosses essentially and you're, you know, you're accountable for everything that you're doing. It gets really hard because, you know, if you don't see the results that you want, whether it's in like streaming or it's in like getting booked or whatever it is, like you can very easily start getting depressed and like get in it. And, you know, you don't want to just put all your eggs in one basket. You want to have a life outside of whatever your passion is, you mm-hmm. know, for sure. Yeah. So you said that you aren't Sunday sauce and I, I, this segue made more sense in my head. And as soon as I started it, I was like, what the fuck am I trying to say? (laughs) That's all good, man. (laughs) Basically, uh, what is Sunday sauce exactly? If someone were to walk up to you on the street or if you were to explain what Sunday sauce is, what is your kind of elevator pitch to them? Yeah. uh, So my elevator pitch is always we're a label. Uh, We promote artists through 
online content, live events, and releasing, marketing, and distributing my music. Very upfront, and that's the most blanket statement I can come up with. Um, when people ask me, like, what kind of stuff, like, you know, we have the, you know, Sunday sauce branding. So it's like, you know, very kind of ice cream and fun and like a little bit quirky, but like in a very wholesome way. I like to think it's like very, you know, more it has this like really nice community atmosphere to it, um, whether it's events or it's, um, you know, the content that we're doing. Like there's always like an individual individuality to it that I personally really enjoy. Um, so like we do like the parlor performances have always been something that we've loved, uh, from when we started doing that back in like March, April. And, you know, just to like, not only build a community in New York, but to also take that down the road to take that community into other cities. And while doing that, doing something that's super genuine in the music industry where this, you know, the industry itself, like everyone hates each other. No one trusts each other. Artists don't trust each other. Management don't trust other management. Labels don't trust artists. Like it's a whole thing. And we want to do something that's genuine and like, you know, that works. And it has already started to work. Like we've seen like a lot of the content that we're putting out has been really well received. The artists love doing it. The people that show up to these like events that we're doing are all like, this is like, where, what is this? Like, the, especially the people who don't know, because a lot of people will pull up, they're, they're like friends of friends and they'll be like, what, what, what am I watching? Like, this is so mm-hmm. cool. And like every one of those people is like super appreciative that there's like this little thing going on. That's not, you know, it's not overhyped. It's just like, come in if you love music and want to meet other people who love the same shit that you do. And like, that's why I got involved. That's why so many of my friends got involved. And that's why, you know, that's what the artists want to feel at the end of the day. They want to have people that really fuck with their music and like their, their, uh, you know, their soul, essentially, like what their, you know, all their emotions and their feelings. So, you know, but to bring it back a little bit, just like to be able to promote artists with like content and marketing and like through our brand and through our channels and to while doing that to build a community of people who just fucking love music yeah that's what's up i mean yeah i I can't remember who else i said this to i think it was a past guest but i was like you're doing god's work you know because like (laughs) the artists the artists need that you know obviously their talent and and potential and ability and creativity can get them many places but Mm -hmm. I, i feel like and i know this is obviously just like me complimenting myself because i'm doing something similar with show and tell and complimenting mm-hmm. you but like it's important that these yeah. things exist um especially for someone like me who just can't make music i need an outlet to like give back yeah, and dude. being able to like you know put people on to other other people's music and get it heard is is a very i think it's very thankless um at times i feel like it kind of yeah. goes you know unnoticed but, um, but, but it's really with important. that with that though i think when you do something really well people are way more than appreciative. Like people like I've had, I've had days where like, you know, that's what I try and do with every event. Um, I actually, I think I tweeted this recently. It was like, I don't care how many people are at your event. You could have 20 people there or you could have 200 people there. I don't give a fuck. Like, sorry if I don't know if I can curse on this. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm from Long Island. So like, I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna swear a little bit, but uh, it doesn't matter though. Like, how do those 20 people feel when they leave? 
did they have fun? Because I've been to shows where there's 4,000 people there and there's not one person that looks like they're having fun. <laughs> they're all just like waiting yeah. for like a headliner to go on at like 2.30 a.m. Like it's not, it's not like an interest, like it's not interesting and it's not actually fun. It's just everyone kind of wanting to have a night out to see someone that they like. I don't, like, I don't know. It's always at these like bougie venues where I feel like it's like that. Like, but anyway, regardless of that, you know, it bring, being able to like affect 20 people directly and be like, yo, this is so fun. And they like meet people that, you know, they become friends with, like you become acquainted with like the regulars essentially. And, uh, artists notice that. And, and the, the fans notice that when you do something really well and you give a shit about it and, it, it is, it is a, that's like the biggest part that I've learned so far is like, do the little shit really well because you'd be surprised how many artists like are dealing with, you know, not getting paid for like a rep from like a rapper and his manager or some shit, you know, like, you know, like just still past gigs they haven't gotten paid for. And like, just being like, Hey, you know, tech's going to be good. We're going to have the fly ready for you tomorrow. Just be on top of all the little things because when the time comes and then you did all those little things really well, even if you fall short on like having a lot of people there or, you know, having maybe a couple hiccups, they will remember how hard you worked at all the shit, the two months leading into that. And they will be like, all right, like I'm going to keep in mind, you know, Sunday sauce when, you know, they start really starting when they start to really do some shit. Like I want to like be a part of what they're doing because they cared so much about when I was there, even though there were a few hiccups here and there. So I definitely agree that it can be thankless, but when people, when you show that like artists, how much you care, you know, it's like very noticeable how much they appreciate it. Yeah. And it feels yeah. good when they, when yeah. they show that appreciation. Cause yeah. you're like, fuck, I did something right. What yeah. I'm doing is the right thing. Yeah. And it's also like always little, it's always like, dude, this was so cool. And like, that's it. Right. But like, you could feel the way they said it was like, I am so happy you said that, you know, yeah. you could have just been right. like, yo, thanks. Like great meeting you and dipped like, but like, you, the fact that you're like this was amazing like this was fun and that's fucking that's amazing to me so yeah 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 so you know as you have well, actually let me ask this first where where did the name sunday sauce come from i know there's like you know um implications towards ice cream but kind of, kind of give me the background <laughs> on that um yeah so i'll give you like again we're on a podcast so i'll give you the long story um, so, um, at the time I was, uh, I originally started this with a friend of mine from home. We were kind of like, let's do something food related. Um, I, it was like, I think food and music kind of have like similar effects on people, just like way to bring people together. Yeah, and yeah, at the definitely. time we were also like super into like brownies and lemonade, like out in the mm -hmm. West coast. So like, um, we're always kind of looking for something food related and just kind of figuring out the name. And, uh, one day I was at a funeral and my uncle, like there's like the post dinner like uh you know that like happy hour cocktail hour that like is always after like the the mass so we're hanging out there my uncle me my uncle my aunt and my cousin are sitting at this table just like talking and my uncle's super italian he's like yo i think the priest had too much of that sunday sauce like referring to the the wine and that he like was making like faces like he was hung over like really like just kind of you know sick or something but he made some like some joke like that and i immediately like it hit my ear and i was like yo <sighs> this is sick and i texted my buddy and i was like yo i think this is the name and but we spelled it i spelled it normally just like sunday like day of the week and then sauce 
like just like how it's normally spelled and i and he was like yo that's like a pretty good name like that's definitely like that's like a top candidate like let's think about it and i'm like dude you sure like this is sick and he's like yeah it's just like let's talk about it next time like we like hang out and i was like all right and the next time we hung out we got like super high and i was like bro like this name is sick like come on (laughs) what's wrong with this name and he's like i don't know man something's just like not fitting with me and then i was like wait wait hold up what if we did sunday like ice cream and he was like oh shit like and i was like yeah and sauce has to has has to have two u's and he was like yeah of course like like it was like naturally like it just has to i i don't know why like but in hindsight i was very happy i said two u's because it also looks perfect having six letters and six letters so like yeah yeah. yeah. and also like having two u's is like like we're from new york like you know it's just like new york like sauce like it's like got like a little something extra to it so like yeah but that was kind of the name came out and then like after that it was super easy to brand stuff and like you know doing like events and like the compilations like we've done like the funk like all the drizzle compilations for like the funk releases we've had like some plays on like like uh like almond milk like extra creamy like all always about that dairy life and uh yeah just like the name kind of came from (laughs) this like kind of weird thing but so it started let me (laughs) let me see if i have this correct in my brain it start the the idea spawned at a funeral yeah yeah. and then marijuana (laughs) carried it through yes that's fucking wild dude yeah. <laughs> that's amazing what an, what an amazing story like <laughs> moniker story that's that's pretty pretty dope yeah. um, so what what is your favorite so are you big into ice cream is that safe to assume dude it's actually funny like i actually started getting way more into ice cream af- like uh after the fact yeah because yeah. like, i was like definitely like i played like i said i played sports so like i was always trying to like stay healthy and stuff and then i had no sports and i had this right. new thing and i'm like well you know I kind of could have more ice cream and now I'm always around it. So like, it's like, yeah. Um, So do you have a favorite kind right now? Oh dude, I will say, well, I have two. One, I want to shout out Oddfellows ice cream um, just because that's where we do all the parlor performances and they don't have like a specific flavor that I'm like super into because they have daily flavors. So they change it every day and every time I'm in there, there's always something different and it's always been, bomb so like definitely want to start with them also you know you're up in in boston and they just opened up a new sh- uh spot in chestnut hill i want to say oh they did oh, yeah weird. it's okay. like it, it from what i've seen it looks dope um yeah. obviously i haven't been there but uh yeah some i gotta shout them out and like give them a little a little pr yeah. um but i will say that the flavor i've been fucking with a lot is ben and jerry's fish food Okay, and, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, it's like chocolate, marshmallow, caramel, and like chocolate bits. And it's like, just, like, just fuck me up. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Ben and Jerry's. I have a hard time uh, not finishing the entire pint when I buy a pint. Oh, dude, same. I always like 100%. go into it like, I'm going to have half of it tonight, the other half tomorrow maybe, and then mm-hmm. I end up eating the whole thing. And then like, yeah, I go to bed after and I like feel like shit because yeah. it's just so much dairy. Dude, the next day is usually the worst. Like I'll, I'll wake up the next day and have coffee. And I'm just like, oh god. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like um from Ben and Jerry's. Obviously, like the um 
Oh shit! Why can't I think of the name? It's the it's the cookie dough one, just like uh, half baked. I like half, half baked. Ba- yeah, 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 yeah. Half baked, and then um, chocolate fudge brownie is really dope. Yeah, that well. was actually my that's my backup because yeah. I'm like a big chocolate like fan. So like if like I go to a place and they like, don't have fish food, they typically have chocolate brownie and like oh, oh yeah, like yeah, that's that's what's up. So as you mentioned, you guys do parlor performances, which are mm-hmm. essentially live performances at Oddfellows, which mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of. Thanks, it's really cool to see the community, as you were saying, just get involved. Like you can always see just kind of like it, like if anyone out there who is listening has watched Boiler Room sets and you haven't seen these parlor performances, they're mm-hmm. very similar. Um, the crowd is usually behind the performance, perf- the mm-hmm. performance. So you can see people like vibe into the music, which is really nice. I always mm-hmm. appreciate that. So you guys do that. Um, you you have playlists that you cur- you curate. You have um, other video content with interviews. Uh, you throw shows. You have compilations. How do you how the like how the fuck do you balance all of that shit? How do you do yeah. all of that with that and and do it so well at the same time? Um, I mean, I definitely think that. Well, I'm in, I'm in I'm in a position right now where I was I'm fortunate enough to do this full time. So uh, I do have all the time to do it. Uh, however, until like up until recently, uh, I wasn't going at the pace that I was, that I'm going at now. Like I've been doing this full time for about a year, but I would say up until about July, I was like talking with, uh, my buddy bureaucratic, like one of my favorite people, uh, regardless of music, like he's a super talented, like, you know, musician and producer, but, uh, really down to earth. And he really kind of is that devil's advocate for me where whenever I have something going on, whether it's like a personal situation or it's like a music related thing, I kind of end up chatting with him, uh, you know, about what's going on. And just, uh, one day I was like, man, like, I feel like I could do, I want to, I want to focus on like the parlor performances and like doing these really well. And then I want to, you know, slowly but surely move into shows. And like, as we're doing that, I want to get more releases coming out. And he's like, yo, like, why don't you just do them all? Like do them now. Like you'll figure out how, you know, I was basically, I was worried about overworking myself where the quality wouldn't be great. Right. And he was like, just do them now and see what works and you'll figure out how to balance all of them. And I was like, fuck, you're right. Like, like why, why don't I just like do that? Like, and just figure out what it is that I really, um, you know, you know, that really will work and like the things that I really want to focus on. And yeah, I think that week I was like, shit, I think we're going to do a show like in a month. And then the parlor performances were like kind of running themselves. Like I only need to like to book it is pretty straightforward. It's not it's not too uh, difficult in terms of like logistical work or like, you know, it's not time consuming. So it allows me to focus on like putting these events together and putting like two ish events a month together um, that are like DJ sets and then one or two that are like parlor performances um, and then with that, like the interviews are like the trickier one. Cause like, we're actually going into shops when they're open. So it's kind of like logistically a challenge, but also like setting it up isn't too hard. So like, right. you know, doing that. And then with that, I, we were doing all this content. And I'm like, wow, I have still like plenty of time to like focus on, you know, doing kind of the A&R work and like getting people to release music with us and like doing these compilations and these EPs and like, Really, like, it just kind of came down to one day being, me being, like, you know, having a conversation with Brandon and just, like, yo, I I should just do everything now. And if it, you know, you'll be surprised how much work you could take on. That's kind of, like, the overall thing. Like, I, 
was pleasantly surprised. I was like, wow, like I'm able to work eight hours every day and still like work out and, you know, go to like a show if I need to like meet some people and like it's and still get what I need to get done. You know, I, I, under, I understand that I'm in a lucky situation because I'm able to do this full time, but um, it definitely is like one of those things where I just like once I kind of realized I can do much more throughout my day, it was like kind of just that push I needed to be able to like actually do it. Right. So, cause I was trying to be way too particular about stuff and it's like, don't, don't overthink it. Like I'm not an overthinking <laughs> yeah. kind of guy. Like, and so when I start thinking about like a bunch of stuff, like I'm more of a, I really trust my gut a lot. And once I kind of like it hit my ear where it's like, yeah, wait, I could just do this all and just figure out how to make it work. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to do that. And yeah, been able to do, I've been able to balance it pretty well. I think so far. But, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it definitely shows like, I think this is something, some advice I've, I always like to pass on to people is, you know, do what you can well now, mm-hmm. you know, if you can afford the time to do something and do it well, then why, why don't you? And it's, exactly. fun, it's, it's funny how like, cause I'm the same way. I'm very particular about things. I want things to be done in a certain way. I always like look ahead and, mm-hmm. and think, oh, well, what happens if I'm traveling this one week and I can't record an episode? Right. It was a conversation I had with my brother. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you don't know when you're going to travel. You right. don't know when that's going right. to happen. So it's just funny how like, like, like you were saying, your conversation with Brandon, I'm sure you probably have had that conversation or something similar many times, but then it mm-hmm. just takes that one time, mm-hmm. which is so You hear weird, from someone you know? else. It's when you hear from someone else because like yeah. you kind of know it in your head. Like you can definitely feel it out on your own. And that's why like being your own boss can be really tricky because like I don't have any employees. I just have people. I have a network, but it definitely takes, you know, that one conversation with someone else for them to like kind of reiterate what you've been telling yourself. And then before you know it, it's like, yeah, no, we're going to go full speed ahead with, you know, X thing and like just kind of go from there. But exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually one of the issues I had starting out too was like, Mm -hmm. I was constantly asking other people what they thought, like what their opinions were on like, Mm -hmm. should I go in this direction? Should I go in that direction? Should I try this or that? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, like it's, uh, that's important. You know, I'm, I'm asking people that I confide in, but at the end of the day, I'm like, it's my project. I, I should be making the decisions. Obviously I like to take those outside considerations in, um, as factors, but like, you know, you got to make a decision at some point and you got to yeah. like, kind of like go with your gut. So like, yeah. And you'll know when nice it works. Right. The thing is too, like, you'll know when it works. Like you'll, I've, I remember the first, so I remember the first parlor performance we did was actually with Ian Ewing and it was, it never came out cause we ended up redoing it. So, so the one that did come out was take two. Oh. Um, yeah. So he was the first one to do it in March and First of all, Ian's one of my really good friends that I've made through music and, you know, I was at his wedding and like really wanting to be, I really wanted to do right by him to be able to like, you know, put this really good piece of content out for him and to promote his album. And, you know, he was on tour with like Joey Pecoraro was coming up and like, you know, wanted to do right by him. Uh, but, you know, the first one we did didn't, wasn't up to snuff and I felt it. Like I was like, this could have been way more interesting for everyone who was there there was like probably 15 20 people there i was like this could have been way more interesting the next one we did we changed up like three things we put the people behind Ian. like actually the next one we did was with nick hansen so we put people behind him and people were kind of like wrapped around and it was all one take so you get 
those moments in between. And I think that's like the huge part of those where it's like you get to see for like, even if it's only for 30 seconds in between each track, you see that humanized version of them. And uh, that was when, yeah, but like I felt it. And after that, I was like, we're onto something. I was like, this is going to this. My hunch to want to do this was was right. And, you know, you got to like just go forward and like figure out what works. Like, you know, you can't the only way you're the only wrong answer everyone has is doing nothing. And like for me to like be able to put, you know, my best foot forward with Ian in the second one. And like, yeah, that was like such a, it's such a special moment. Cause like to be able to bring him back and to be able to do it where I was like, you're going to, I know we're going to nail this. Mm-hmm. And it fucking, and it was, it was nailed. It was just like, I, it was, it just makes me so happy. So yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause I mean, when you do things for the first time, like you never yeah. know exactly how you can yeah. plan and prep as, as much as exactly. you can and want, but you never know mm-hmm. like what's going to go wrong. What's, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to go right. How, how you're going to adapt to those things. So it only makes sense that like more often than not, you're going to have unforeseen circumstances, like, because mm-hmm. Uh, from my experience in video production um, at my internship, my boss was saying like, you know, 50% of the the, pr- the production process was in the prep, but like things will go wrong when you're at the shoot because you haven't been to that location before. Yeah. There, there might be one less outlet than you yeah. need or anything exactly. like that. So. Yeah. Dude, we've had, we've had plenty and it's, it's like, you know, for any, any gig or anything that we've tried to do in terms of like a production standpoint, there's always like, one thing that you like, you know, forgot. And especially for me, like where I'm, you know, I'm only one person. I'm gonna, I know that things are gonna go wrong. So I'm always like budgeting and kind of like on edge to like wait for it. So when it happens, I can just like act and be like, Mm -hmm. all right, this is what we're gonna do right now. Like we had like, I did it. I did a gig in a part. It was a parlor performance. And like for what I let my friend use my interface and he, when he gave it back, he, there was a USB that was missing. Uh, and we couldn't plug our laptop into the mixer, which meant that we had no audio for in post. Like, obviously that's a huge headache and that's a big hiccup. And my friend was like, you know what? I have an extra one, but I don't need it for my set. You can, we can use it for her set. Cause it's just like an acoustic thing. I'm going to give you this. And then I'm going to get an Uber. I'm going to go home. I'm going to grab another USB and then I'm going to come back and we're going to like make it work. And in the midst of him going back in the Uber, getting USB and coming back, the Ableton that he had on his laptop crashed. And my, the sound guy was like, yo, I don't know how to fix this. And so now we're waiting there for him to get back with this USB. And it's like, yo, like things are going to happen. But when, Everything is, you know, when the dust settles, as long as you're like, all right, we're going to do this now. We're ready to go. And like, just like a blank slate, it'll work out. So yeah, there's always hiccups, man. It's going to happen. (laughs) So out of all those things that you're doing with Sunday sauce, do you have one in particular that you get the most joy out of doing? Uh, You can say all of them. (laughs) I would, no, actually... Well, if I have to choose like a project, it's like the parlor performances, but I also don't think that that's like, it's not why I got into music. I personally just like talking to people and I like being around people and the parlor performances are just kind of a way for me to be able to connect with people directly, whether it's people I'm friends with or people that I'm not friends with, you know, maybe they're managers of like the people we have involved and just to be able to like 
be in front of people and to just be like, yo, like we really love what we're doing here. And we show our appreciation for each person that pulls up. That's like the shit that I really love. Like, I, I think that just the, it's always like, for me, it's just connecting with people through music. I don't think that the music even matters all that much at the end of the day, in my personal opinion, like, obviously I love the talent that we work with, but like, you know, I want to be able to meet friends of mine that, you know, I could have for, for a lifetime. Like, you know, I kind of touched on it before, like I was at Ian Ewing's wedding. That was like such a special moment for so many of us, like for us to meet through SoundCloud and to watch Ian and Claire get married in a completely different city. That was such a crazy moment for so many of my friends who flew out for that. Um, you know, bureaucratic right now is getting ready to go to Red Rocks and play for Big Gigantic or play or open for him. And I'm like, you know, we have friends that are flying out for that, that you can't, those experiences like to be together, like is really what I care about. So anything, whether it's like a parlor performance, whether it's a, a, a an event, whether it's just us hanging out, listening to like unreleased stuff that people are making, you know, or just like cooking food, like that's the shit that I care about. And, you know, to be able to hang out with people that just really like, you know, that really want to be involved and be, you know, whether it's as an artist or as a fan or somewhere in the middle, like that's the shit that I care about. So like any catalyst for that, I'm in it. That's what's up. That's beautiful. It's such a a beautiful thing to hear. So before we move on to part two, um, I don't want to take too long on this question, but I just wanted to ask you along the lines of the music that you listen to, because you're obviously always, you know, looking for new artists. You, You know a lot of artists who are making their own waves in their community who do you think is quote unquote next up in um, music who do you think's got the juice hands down david blazer it's like not even close Where, uh, david blazer i first of all that's not a, a in any way you know taking it's not taking anything away from people we work with of course, I, of course. I, there's so many people i that are so so beyond talented that we've been able to work with and all amazing people however david is such a unique human just like he used to go by a soul mechanic and oh that was him he, yeah oh shit okay not so that he used to like okay. right so he used to flip samples like and he collabed with like Ian Ewing and in Flamingosis oh, and he man. that was his yeah so he started off as a soul mechanic and then one day I was on his I was on a SoundCloud and this tra- this this track Get to You was out for a month only on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and it didn't even have the link to Bandcamp like right like right there it was like in the bio of soundcloud so like you couldn't even really you had to still dig to just get the purchasable version of it and i'm like i'm like on it i'm like david only flipped samples like there's no way this is all him and i'm like i emailed him immediately like dude the song get to you is this all you or did you flip this like from something because this is insane and he's like no i produced the whole thing that's me singing and i'm like you're going to be so big one day it's like not even close and I was like, you please tell me you have more stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'll make you a private playlist of like some stuff that I'm sitting on. And uh, that was about, I want to say a year, maybe probably more than a year, probably almost two years, like when that happened. And we started, we were like, yo, let's put Get To You Out on all platforms. Let's like, you know, just get your David Blazer project going. Cause he switched his name over to David Blazer. Like, which is also his real name. A lot of people are like, what kind of name? Like, how did he come up with that? I'm like, right. that's his real name. So like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, we started with that and basically flash forward to now he, he's setting up for his debut EP, the most 
mature piece of work I've ever touched. Um, first time he sent me a few of the tracks, I was literally like just in awe, like just sitting in my room, like tearing up, like it was so beautiful. And I just texted him like, dude, I don't, and, and this is also a piece of wisdom I would love to give to everyone that's listening. I don't care with David, how many streams of the shit gets. It's one of the best pieces of work of the year. I do not care. The numbers do not mean shit to me. The, the, the art and how much effort and work he put into this to not only, you know, write this amazing eight piece, eight, eight track EP, but also to change his name to, you know, actually start taking music way more seriously as like a job, like starting to, he started to fly out here a few times and he's like starting to really come out of his shell of like, you know, just being in his room and producing and like really starting to take really starting to learn and just like in the most humble way from everyone that like I have like a network with. And like, you know, he's already been, he's already super tight with like Ian Ewing, Straylo, Flamingosis. Like those are people that he's worked with since before I worked with them. And, you know, on top of that, to have all the homies that like we're connected with, it's been like, you know, just to see him mature, not only from a musical standpoint, but from a, you know, personal standpoint, it's been really exciting to watch. And this EP is still like, like I said, I don't care how many streams it gets. It's one of the best pieces of work of the year. And even with that, I think it will do well. Like I, I, I we're putting our best foot forward with everything. We're trying to like any marketing material we can get that we think is interesting that we feel like will help this project where we're on it. Um, but yeah, that, that dude is going to be, uh, a name for, you know, 40 years. Like, I think he'll, I think he'll be doing this till he's 60 and he's, he wants that. He wants to like score movies and do that for a living. He wants to be playing shows till he's old and he's got that energy too. Not a lot of people know David, but he's very like, I, the first time I like watched him perform, I'm like, yo, he's got the energy of like a 60 year old gambler and like, just very like, it's just the way he talks and the way, but he's like such a sweet dude. Like there's no doubt about it, but just his like stage presence is very interesting. Uh, but yeah, David Blazer, hundred percent. Check him out. Link in bio. There's gotta be some link. I don't know. But. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this, this isn't technically part two of the show for show and tell, but I'll put, I'll put David's links in the, yeah. in the SoundCloud description. No pressure, mm-hmm. by the way, David, he just, he just big up, big up to you. All right. So on that note, we will end part one here and we will pick it back up in part two, which will involve show and tell and a little bit more. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Show and Tell podcast. This is part two of the show where I ask the guest to bring in a hypothetical item. It doesn't always have to be a physical item, something that they are into that they want to share, show and tell, if you may, with the audience, with the listeners, why they fuck with it, why you might like it too. And then, uh, yeah, we just chat about it a little. So Travis, what have you brought to the show and tell table today? Okay. So I wanted to bring something tangible Okay. Uh, and I had this little Polaroid and it's just I don't know. Hold on. Can you see it? Okay. Hey, so following it's, a, it's, a, tr- a recent trend, Chuck Sutton brought in a Polaroid yeah, picture. That was well. actually actually a, a, an inspiration. I had to think about some stuff, but this one specifically um, came to mind. And it's a Polaroid of, first of all, it's taken by my friend Trevor. He goes by Wev. Uh, really makes really good house music, and he's one of my favorite people uh, to hang out with. But the picture itself is of me and my friend Gabe Monroe. Reason why I chose this is because I think Gabe 
is like the true heartbeat of the New York music scene because uh, he has his foot in so many avenues and has 100% been kind of my rock in terms of like actually how to produce these videos and how to actually take the visions that I'm having, you know, and make, and make them manifest into reality. He's been the guy that I 100% could not be doing this with uh, without. He's he's the absolute man. Shout out to Gabe Monroe. Um, but I want to give a backstory on him and why he's special on top of the fact that, you know, how much he's helped me. Um, he's one of the best producers I know. Uh, he's produced for t- like tons of rappers, like some big people. Like I know he sent beats to like uh, Juicy J and like some like big time rappers like that. Um, but he's also super humble, does not play any games in terms of like, you know, trying to bone him over on, you know, gigs. Like he's very professional and like super respectable. Someone I try to like emulate in terms of just how they carry themselves is like, you know, from a business perspective, like how do you carry yourself as like, you know, and how do you want people to perceive you? Um, on top of that, he is our sound guy. You've also, I, he, I'm going to put it up here again. This dude, <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if anyone's going to see this, but um, so he also is playing bass on numerous uh, parlor performances. Whenever I need a bass player, I hit him up first. Uh, if I need a sound dude and we already have a bass player, he's the guy on sound. He's the guy I said I, I uh, mentioned earlier. My buddy had a USB and he like went in the Uber, got a USB, came back, fixed the sound. Oh, that see. was Gabe. Like uh-huh. that was that was that guy. He's a real one. And dude, literally like. Such a down-to-earth guy. Uh, I definitely couldn't be doing this without him. Uh, and then on top of that, he works with um, – he started this little thing called Candid Music Group, which at the time was amazing, but it kind of disma- it kind of fizzled out just because, like, it started with, like, Alexander Lewis, Brass Tracks, Elijah Fox, Gabe, uh, this dude Doc, who's produced a bunch of the Pink Sweats records, if you know him at all. I'm familiar, yeah. He's, he produced, like – Coke and Henny part two. He did, uh, so I, I forget which one specifically. I know he did that one, but there's a couple others. Um, but he like another guy, just like super, you know, genius producer. And, um, there's like, you know, uh, Jonathan Stein actually lived, uh, in New York and lived in their studio. It's like an apartment slash studio. So, uh, he lived there and like the amount of people that have pulled up through there, like, you know, Carmack, um, you know, John's like anyone team Supreme related, like he knows them all like, mm-hmm. like personally. And like, that's also someone that's like a group of people that I was affected by directly as like a fan, you know, finding like great Dane and, and, uh, Saruta, like in those like super bass heavy people, like those were like some of the people like, you know, Carmack, uh, yeah, those guys like were my first intro to like SoundCloud. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, but you know, with like all that, like Gabe's just always doing sh- something, and he like he gets hit up, he gets hit up by like I swear everyone, like every single person is like, you know, hitting him up for for gigs, for production, like for a session, like, and he's like it's really hard for him, and I know that it weighs on him a lot, um, but he's still always like, yeah, I got you, like that. That's why he's the man. That's what's up. He also doesn't live in the studio anymore. He lives with his girlfriend in like Upper West Side um, where his studio is in Williamsburg. So it's like an hour away from him. And, uh, you know, 
for him to get to the studio and, you know, he's, he sleeps on the couch there all the time. Like, you know, I'm sure like going back and forth, uh, you know, is a headache for him and it's like, gets really hard. And, um, you know, you don't hear about like stuff like that, but he's always just like doing stuff for the homies and like, he's always around. And regardless of like, you know, how much he's done for us, he's done like the same amount for so many people in, you know, the New York underground scene as a whole. So Gabe Monroe, I love you, man. He's the fucking boy. Um, Shout out, dude. Yeah. If you haven't, if you want to watch, if you want to see him slap bass, I know he plays bass on the Coda, the friend parlor performance and Shane Garcia's, which isn't out yet. Um, Everyone should just check them all yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, you should check them all the, out, the but my buddy Gabe yeah. slaps the, and he slaps the fucking seven string. Like he's, he's not messing around. He's got that thick neck. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's the man. Yeah. Shout out to Gabe. And yeah, just uh, fucking love that guy. Dope. So before we end off the show, this is a relatively new segment that I like to do with my guests. I like to ask them something that they didn't learn in school. And again, this isn't necessarily like quite literally something that you didn't learn in school, but it's something that you've picked up throughout your travels in life, maybe a life hack or a pro tip on something um, that you want to share with the audience. You got anything for us, Travis? Shit, man, that's a tough one. Uh, do you need I an mean, example? The, no, no, no. I think I think I think you said it. I think uh, let me just let me just take a sec because uh, you know take all the time you need. I can I can cut out thirty minutes of dead air if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, I definitely think that like I learned a lot of good stuff in school. Like um, my best, my favorite moments are always like coming from individual people. You know, outside of like the classroom setting. So, like, I had a lot of really nice conversations, like, you know, with professors of mine that can kind of guide me on, like, a personal level. So, off of that, my thing that I've kind of done, especially since I didn't have any experience in music and, like, I had to learn all this on the fly, is take the time out every day or every every day that you can to link with someone that you don't know and just, like, get perspective on what they're doing. You know, there's always so much to learn and being able to connect with someone on like a personal level and get insight into their life and how, you know, whether it's, you know, for me, a lot of it is like music related. So like, you know, I met someone at Spotify and I was like, I want to learn about what you do there because I'm sure there's something you could take away that they do that will help me outside of just the connection of knowing them Mm -hmm. at Spotify. Like that's like a nice connection to have. Um, But, you know, then there's also like artists like, Hey, like I took, I took a day or two where I just like texted, you know, or, or uh, messengered like on like message on Facebook, like just, you know, what is it that you guys are missing? Like I would just, I just like hit up a bunch of artists and like, I ended up getting a huge perspective of, wow, they have no money or the connection to creatives outside of music. So like video, photography, they didn't have access to it. And it's like just me going out of my way to take three hours to send a bunch of, you know, people the same message. Hey, what do you what do you want right now that you would invest in if you if money didn't matter? Like, what is it that you would want? And I swear, like 70 percent of the people said stuff like that. And that was right before I started doing 
the parlor performances and like now we're, we're starting to do some boiler room style stuff with like you know the dj sets and being able to just go out of your way and the hustle of if i could put it into one sentence it's like the hustle of learning something new every day you know you're gonna get fed like information at school like that's their job is to give you information but for you to actively seek information on your own that that you know particularly will affect you and the things that you want to know and the things that you're curious about is it goes a long way so that's my advice and something i didn't learn in school was to just go out of my way and learn anything i could that could help gave me some perspective and some extra knowledge. Yeah, that's big, especially mm-hmm. once you're out of school too, because that's the, mm-hmm. the only time in your life, especially you know in college, that's the last time in your life you're in a, an environment where you're there to learn. And there are mm-hmm. people there who are paid to teach you things. So like, mm-hmm. and I miss that about college. I miss like not being in those environments, having like, I, I think we talked about this, or I talked about this with Chuck on the episode with him, just like mm-hmm. having people who were passionate about the, the what they were teaching. So like when you mm-hmm. don't have that anymore, it's important to like keep searching for those things and mm-hmm. learning from each other. Cause I mean, that's the whole point of college is like you get to that point where you are able to share the knowledge that you've you know picked mm-hmm. up on and then, yeah. yeah, but yeah, like, so, so here's, here's a more, maybe like a, a real life question. When you meet people for the first time, do you have any tricks to help remember that? Are you good at remembering people's names? Um, I like to think I am. I, I definitely am. I'm, if I don't write it down, like when I write it down, you know, I typically, I can, I can hang, I can hang, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> it's usually, usually it'll take two though. Take yeah. Two meetings. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's really for, it's really just about focus. It's like, if you're really truly focused on, cause for me, I, I guess you, you could kind of construe this as like, um, an egocentric thing. Like I'm very focused on getting my impression across to people. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not terrible about remembering names. I'm not great, but I'm, I'm so focused on like giving a good impression that I like sometimes forget. I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. I didn't like listen to their name. So yep. one of the things that I picked up was uh, repeat the person's name back to them. Yeah. So when oh, you dude, shake their 100%. hand, if they say, Hey, I'm yeah. Mike. Oh, Mike. Nice to yeah. meet you. That actually yeah. really, really helps with me. Yeah. I also think that like it, it's stressful. Cause like, especially with music, like, networking and hustling is such a part of it where you're like sometimes it's it's like stressful to like want to put your best version of yourself in front of someone so it can be just stressful on its own where like you want to make a really good impression and then you forget the simple shit of like oh right. <laughs> you're in your name again like what yeah. was that oh oh okay i'll try and remember it like let's follow each other on instagram to make sure i don't forget it like, <laughs> right exactly that, that's a good that's a good tip too like, make sure you get that connection and then, but then you find out you go follow them on instagram and they're like their real name's still not there but yeah. at the very least you can call them by their like their persona which yeah is <laughs> But yeah, no. Okay, so yeah, th- those are some good pieces of advice. So I suggest if you didn't hear that, you can uh, you can go back in time. You can rewind this episode and listen to it back. You can run that shit back. So anyway, we'll wrap up this episode 15 of Show and Tell. Travis, thank you so much for joining me on this thank episode. Thank you for having me, Mike. Uh, really means a lot. So what do you want to plug? Where can people find you, Sunday Sauce? Is there anything you want to share with the world? Um, you can find Sunday Sauce uh, on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, always at Sunday Sauce, uh, S-U-N-D-A-E-S-A-U-U-C-E. 
yeah, find us everywhere. Uh, YouTube, we got parlor performances coming out. Some super amazing talent. Um, really excited to share a bunch of those. Uh, we have interviews coming out. The next interview we have coming out is with Bureaucratic. I think by the time this would be coming out, that interview will have been out, if not right around then. And uh, if you're in the New York area, shows. Yeah, yeah. If you're in if you're in New York, Brooklyn, like the tri-state area, pull up to any of our events. We have parlor performances and DJ events that are like you know doing like three to four events now a month so if not one definitely there's another one on the way um but yeah uh and then also a lot of music uh we have a single coming out on september 25th i guess we'll be out by the time this is out uh yep. with yep. peter cooley and with hey. still hayes yep shout out to peter i know he's like a, a homie of the show um also still hayes it's a first single for him off of his ep uh, called Self Love. Uh, full EP drops October 18th. And then, like I mentioned before, David Blazer, his debut EP is coming out. We are most likely going to be releasing it November 8th. So those are the next tr the next music we have coming out, upcoming music we got coming out. And then, yeah, I think outside of that, just more compilations, some, some remixes, some fun shit. And uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. Hell yeah. And you can find all of that info that Travis just put forth to y'all listeners at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. It'll be in the show notes. Follow us on social media if you feel like it at let's you show should. and tell. Yeah. You should follow. You should Thank follow. Thank you. That's show the plug. Listen, <laughs> listen to this man right here. Um, follow our Spotify playlist. Those are updated weekly. If you want, I think this is like the first time I've said this on an episode. If you want to give us a rating and review on iTunes, I've heard that that helps uh, boost the show up. So go out and i mean don't give a one star review that'd be fucking weird and annoying um if you don't like the show you can tell me i would appreciate that but i feel like it would be weird to like actually give a one star review so only if you want to give it a four or five no, no fuck only that five. only, only five. five only five i don't even want Come the on, fours if, if no you want slack. to give the, no slack <laughs> if you want to give the episode a five star and then maybe some kind words please do so or just like reach out i'm, I'm always open to uh listening to music and and whatnot and as always um support travis and sunday sauce they're doing some really dope shit and again as always times two sharing is caring peace